This podcast is brought to you in association with Ferry.co.uk. Topshop has landed at Ferry. Check out the latest range and must-have pieces. Head to Ferry.co.uk and order online now. Hi, welcome back to Open Mind with me, Frankie Bridge. Today I'm really excited because I've got the Matt twins on. I've got Alana. Hello. And Lisa. Hi, pal. McFarlane. Uh, they're identical twins from Scotland. They're known as being the UK's hottest young media personalities. They are DJs. They make music, radio and TV, as well as being able to entertain live audiences, both big and small. But I've asked you to come on here today because you guys do a load of stuff about gut health and gut health and how it affects our mental health. Mm -hmm. And that's been like my new thing that I've been interested in lately, as well as everyone else. Mm -hmm. um, so what kind of like started you on this gut journey in the first place? So obviously we were kind of DJs by night uh, and living quite a hedonistic lifestyle, really. Loads of late hours eating rubbish. We were brought up in Scotland, so we were basically brought up on deep fried pizza and chips and mm -hmm. softies. Cool. So we were like the last people in the world that we thought we'd ever be talking about gut health. But we volunteer for Twin Research, which is a research facility at King's College. And we basically did that because you essentially get a free Bupa test and you go right. and you get everything checked. And everyone's like, medical research, do you, do you get paid a grand to take Viagra? And you're like, not really. Um, <laughs> you um, don't get paid. Yeah, we don't get paid. But they look into everything. So like bone density, mental dexterity, Mine is a lot higher than Alana's, FYI. Oh, really? For that, for that test, you get asked to name animals, right? And Alana was just like, cat, dog. I was Aye. like, puffin, pigeon. Like, <laughs> Lisa reeled up about 40. I would never I have gone with puffin. I mean, no. That's not I was even like, in my... cat, dog, giraffe. <laughs> Mouse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your bone dexterity was a lot higher, though. So, yeah, exactly. Which means I'll probably live longer, so... Yeah. Yeah, oh. You know. <laughs> Ouch. But when we were on that journey, so the without getting too sciencey we'll try and like put a bit of science in but the human genome project had just happened so that's when they could sequence DNA and use big data to sort of make assumptions about people's health which now is commercialised with DNA tests and stuff and they realised that they could use the same technology to sequence your gut so your gut microbiome so that just happened in the States and they do a lot of research on twins because we have exactly the same DNA, obviously, and they're quite a good variable for scientific research. Um, so Tim Spector, who leads, uh, leads the research facility there, was like, do you just want to have your guts tested? And we're like, ah, sure, what do we have to do? And he was like, you have to send your poo off in the post every day for two months. Oh, wow. I, I like, don't, I don't sure. even poo every day. Be literally no. I mean, in the post. news alert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would really struggle with that. Yeah, yeah well, and they were just kind of like, wait, even when you can, but then you get really stressed out. Yeah. They'd be emailing you like, do you have another one? And you're like, wait, <laughs> do you have another you, poo? Yeah. You'd literally have to put it in the post box. Yeah. Like, go to the post box. Yeah. Oh, my God, do you think the, the postman knows? I know, I was like, well, can you smell it? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and then we had to have, like, three colonoscopies, which, we oh, they like nice. how like invasive they were until yeah. we started to sign the waiver form, and I was like, "Wow, this is quite a lot of pictures." Three, like how close together? Yeah, and I the remember it was like it was like a month apart, wasn't it? Yeah, and so the colonoscopy was... is when they put a camera up, up your bum, bum. up yeah. your bum, just so in case yeah. people don't yeah, 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 and the, and you get to watch it as well. If oh, you, if you've no, never had one, no, yeah, I didn't no, watch no, it. No, no. Watch, like a I was screen. not watching. <laughs> Wee bits of poo floating past. And that. Really? But the oh, doctor right. was really hot that was doing it. And he was like, so where do you live? Cambridge Town? And you're like, oh my God, you've actually got a camera up my bum. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, they, luckily, so we t I text all the scientists being like, 
if you get nothing out of this medical research, I'll be absolutely furious because I've just had a camera up my bum. Some yeah. guy asking me if I want to go on a date in college town. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, luckily, they realised, so we did like two months of experiments. So like one month we had to eat just processed foods and uh, drink loads of alcohol, which for a, for the first week's like, way. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, this is actually quite painful. And then the second week we had to have, use like variety and fibre and stuff and get onto that in a bit. But they realised from our bodies that even though we have 100% the same DNA, we only have 30% the same microbiome and guts, which is the same as strangers, essentially. Right. Um, so that means a couple of things. It means that you're obviously not born with it and you can change it. So it's mm-hmm. not your DNA. And also that you can change it within about two weeks. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have bad guts there is hope um <laughs> but so they, they did that then they studied like 200 other sets of twins after us and then the public and they realized that this was a thing so we obviously became really fascinated by it because we were speaking to scientists from like the heads of parkinson's research immunologists like it wasn't just gastroenterologists that were part of the research yeah so we were like oh let's just do a little youtube series interviewing some of the scientists because if our pals knew this they'd probably start to change the way they thought about yeah. diets and also like if we can't be sold the same thing as twins that one size fits all model mm. that we work that's currently and that all the clean eating backlash and all that nonsense and detox teas and stuff mm. it was kind of the perfect storm at that time for somebody to be coming at it with scientific background anyway did a little youtube series six episodes turned into 36 episodes oh, blimey and we set up the gutstuff.com I mean, Alana, it was like, Alana made a little shit Adobe Photoshop logo, <laughs> which <laughs> apparently looked good. like a gut. I was like, that shit. Um, anyway, <laughs> it was meant to look like a microbe. It was meant to look like a microbe. I was like, like certainly look, sisterly, uh, yeah, I know, it. certainly looks Savage. like bacteria. <laughs> so we set up the and it was just like putting scientific papers up. And then the New York Times hailed gut health, as everyone knows, as like the kind of new trend for 2017. Yeah, and now we have an office with going up to 12 members of staff and a fully-fledged global business. Really? <laughs> yeah. Purely about the gut. Yes. Yeah. So all about... And I think as well, like, we, what, like, the main sort of fire in our belly was when we started to see, what to see the link. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the puns. Oh, right. All the puns. Puns galore. Got in touch. Um, <laughs> got them all. But the link between gut health and mental health was the thing that really... Like when we found out around 90% of serotonin is actually produced in your gut, the happy hormone, when I was like wow, like this is going to open doors to a lot of mm-hmm. new things for everyone. And also where we were from in Scotland, like our dad died of a heart attack in his 50s. And I feel like if he knew half the stuff that we knew now, then he'd still be here. Yeah. And I think there was a bit of, God, this stuff's really interesting. And, and if it stops our pals doing the cabbage soup diet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that? We did it pre-Magaluf 2005. Oh, did you have the fats? Um, we had oh, the yeah. awful. <laughs> I and think we ended up putting tomato ketchup in it just to taste a bit better. <laughs> I, I feel like that probably can't yeah, Oh my God, it. totally. Yeah. And then we went and drank like 14 litres of vodka over two weeks. So it was like so pointless. So again, yeah. you changed your uh, gut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Even age 16 or whatever age we were. We pickled it, basically, I think. Um, so we yes. don't condone underage drinking, no, by the way. No, we no, were no. in Magalus before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was there a reason why the mental health part of it, uh, like, you know, jumped out at you? Was it a personal thing or was it just because... Yeah, so when I've suffered with mental health issues in the past and Alana hasn't, um, and this is purely anecdotal, by the way, but Alana's gut was in a lot better shape than mine. Her, the diversity of all the bacteria on her stomach was a lot higher. I also moved to London five years before, so there was kind of a bit of an environmental thing, but I was in the priory for severe OCD right. um, when I was 20 one I think and anxiety and I think just th- throughout of our kind of childhood I've always had more mental oh, okay. health issues than so a lot you have and you haven't had any yeah well I mean I think 
everyone suffers yeah. from anxiety in some shape or form. I think it's, it's a spectrum, but certainly not as extreme as as Lisa's was. And I think it got to a stage with you that you it was in it was inhibiting everyday life. And I think mm-hmm. that's when you can really start to you have to take action. Yeah, but yeah. even just you know. Mental health plays such a huge part in all our lives now because we all go at 110 miles an hour. We all live in flight of fight or flight mode. We don't give ourselves. We always we always think that business means to be busy, and we just put so much pressure on ourselves. And I think we all need to start thinking about mental health as a whole, like a whole package. And I think before, like we always just thought of like health as not being ill, and yeah. well being is just something that Gwyneth Paltrow talked about. <laughs> um, Crazy, yeah, yeah, tush eggs and all that yeah. nonsense. But yeah, and I think we we always as well thought that we our head was something completely different from what happened to our body. So if we mm-hmm. broke our arm, you just be like, oh, I broke my arm. And if uh, mental health was just all in the brain, and I think now that seeing health as like an all round picture is like a really interesting way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I think as well, it w- like it was kind of like in terms of like waves of trends with what people are interested in. Like it's amazing now that mental health's getting all the attention that it deserves, and that's down to people like you. But it kind of it went from like heart health to mental health, to, and now gut health is a yeah, sort of new thing coming yeah. out. When actually we should be thinking about all of these things together. Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, it's quite overwhelming. Like you'll know as well, like when you're trying to get your mental health back on track, it's like, right, so Telegram, CBT, blah, blah, and you try everything at once. And it's like, actually, that approach can be equally as detrimental because you, it's just that kind of perpetual cycle of trying to find things you just kind of want to be fixed. And it should be about mm-hmm. introducing things and thinking about it as a longer-term, more holistic thing. And it's exactly the same thing as dieting. We all mm-hmm. go and crash diets or we take out wheat and dairy and fun (laughs) (laughs) anything nice yeah Yeah. exactly or anything that we enjoy and then that takes that becomes so more stressful which then is like perpetuates that cycle again Mm -hmm. Um, and we just think of diet and like you're probably the same as us like growing up in that sort of like working class environment diet is like something you did two weeks before your holiday yeah it wasn't and it wasn't something that this overall lifestyle and the amazing thing about gut health is it's different if you've got a gut health issue, but it's about adding things rather than taking things away and restricting lots of things. So that's the thing as well that we were like, this is something that we can get on board with. And actually, because it's linked to so many things and overall health, everyone should be starting to to think about the gut. So with that in mind, then what's your diet like? Is it something you think about a lot? Mm. We are Do you very just m- talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're very much eighty twenty on the on the diet front. I would say, or yeah, like it, even our team, it. like we've got a team of nutritionists and dietitians in the office with us, and like even little things, like it's not. I mean, it's a lot. Obviously, a lot about what you eat, but how you eat. So eating mindfully, like in our office, we all sit down and have lunch together, for example. Oh, yeah, and I think that's important. Like to like chew your food properly, eat mindfully, like sit down and tell your body that it's ready for digestion. Because I think that a lot of the time, particularly in Western culture, we run around having a sandwich on the go and we're constantly in fight or flight mode. So that there's kind of, I mean, without getting too sad, like the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. Like if you are, if your body's in stress mode, all your blood is obviously going around trying to fight the boar or whatever it is like back in the day that's what it would have been doing and we're expecting our bodies to digest food whilst it's in that fight or flight mode and it's just never going to happen so I think that's one of the things and then diet wise I mean we still 
have McDonald's at 3am if we're drunk. Like, it's not... <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'd be disappointed if you do. Yeah. yeah. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Um, always. But I think the main thing for us is, like, the processed food thing. So, like, when we talk about the microbiome, by the way, the, um, the microbiome is basically all the pathogens, viruses, and bacteria in and around us. And the reason we... When we talk about it, we talk about gut health because most of them are housed in our gut. And all these bacteria are so important. Like, to we can get onto the mental health bit, but they, they do so many jobs and night shift in, in your gut. And they're just really, really important. And they outnumber your human cells, just. Um, they thought it was 10 to 1, but now it's more like 1.3 to 1. So they're really important. And when we eat processed food, it basically stifles all the good bacteria in your gut and lets the bad ones kind of roam free. Mm-hmm. And like, I also think a good kind of, I think it's a very sensationalised example, but Tim Spector, the scientist that we do the research with, he put his son on the McDonald's diet for two weeks. He only had to eat McDonald's. And obviously at first, same as Ozzy, he was like, yes, only have to eat McDonald's. And actually his... That was about four years ago and his microbiome still hasn't recovered. So there's some of the bacteria that he lost still hasn't come back. So when you look, obviously that's one person and quite an extreme thing. But when you think about all the like emulsifiers and preservatives and stuff that are in the food that we eat, if that's preserving the food to have a long self life, think what's doing to all the living stuff in our gut. Mm -hmm. And it does kind of make sense. Mm -hmm. I think as well, like... It's hard to get away from, though, because all the supermarkets nowadays, a lot of it's processed because it's got to have shelf life. Yeah. So we I've just tried to more just cook more stuff at home. And I'm not an angel. I'll still grab a sandwich sometimes mm-hmm. for lunch. But I think tipping that balance into doing it more often than not is key. And then adding fermented foods. So things like sauerkraut, kombucha. What, kim- what the hell is that? <laughs> Everyone goes, our mum's like, Oh, that stuff makes me gag. I'm not having that. It makes me gag. But sourdough's fermented, so that can be like your entry level fermented food. Right. Um, sourdough bread. But but people have been eating these sort of things for ages, and now you go into supermarkets and they're charging six quid for it, and it's like it's cabbage in a jar. Right. Let's be serious. <laughs> it's literally cabbage in a jar, and kombucha is like fermented tea. So we've started to swap that for like diet cokes sort of thing so it's like a fizzy drink but it's good for your gut does Um, it actually taste nice yeah it does there's a few of them out there now that actually do like if you make it yourself at home it's quite pungent yeah the ones that you can (laughs) buy the ones that you can buy actually taste all right Right. Yeah. And then the other kind of simple one is fibre. So like fibre is kind of like like the unsexy hero of (laughs) nutrition. (laughs) No one talks about it. It's like grandads and prunes. That's what you think about. Like when we first when we first were going through the research, we were like, what you mean like all bran? And they're like, yeah, sort of. Um, (laughs) But fibre basically bulks your stool. So like bulks your poo. But also it feeds the good bacteria in your gut as well. So it's got like a kind of double pronged use and we only eat about half the recommended daily intake of fibre and it's easy it's like something we already have you've just got to really be having more mm. of it but we just thought it was like cereals but it's in all fruit and veg yeah. um, whole grains all that sort of thing so it's easy to get in when you know so you is it the good it. and bad bacteria then that affects your mental health or what is it about your gut then that affects it so there's a thing called the vagus nerve which is essentially like a vagus mo- vagus as in Las Vegas <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what we said we were like oh, do you mean like Las Vegas like, no no it's V-A-G-U-S oh, sorry. But that was our very first question yeah <laughs> <laughs> and basically that's the kind of motorway system that runs from your brain to your gut and before they thought that was a one way system so for example when we're nervous we get butterflies in our stomach like gut instinct all that sort of thing but now science is starting to emerge that that's actually a two way system so what's going on in your gut can travel back up to your brain Mm -hmm. and there's a bit of your brain called the amygdala which is the bit of your brain that basically 
shows how emotions can affect you. Right. And there's new research coming out to show that your gut microbiome can influence that. So if that's not working properly it, or it's overactive, then it can increase anxiety. So we've got a new big campaign out with Anxiety UK. We've got a series of infographics and stuff talking about the relationship between gut health and mental health. Also, like, your gut produces loads of, like, serotonin, dopamine, mm-hmm. GABA. GABA. <laughs> what does GABA um, do again? It's the one, so that we've got this in all our infographics, but, like, dopamine obviously gives you, like, when you're exercising the kind of, High oh, five. Right. Or when and you get a like on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah. And serotonin's like your happy hormone. So yeah, and it, the, when you think like they're all producing your gut, then it's got to be functioning properly in order for that to happen. And then also like stress, you produce lots of cortisol when you're stressed and that can like, without getting too science and biological, but that can basically affect like the blood flow and stuff to your gut and affect the bacteria and how they produce things and how like the balance of good bacteria and bad bacteria happens. The thing about mental health and food is that mental health is obviously, as you know, multifactorial. Mm-hmm. And it's, very, it's a difficult message to say, like nutrition is one part of that. So it's quite a difficult message to talk about it, nutrition in isolation because you can't just go have some sourdough and you'll cure your depression. It's like, <laughs> and I, I, as much as a load of tabloids would love for that to happen yeah. in the way. And a lot of, a lot of the studies as well, that are coming out have been done on mice. So, again, oh. unless you're Mickey Mouse, sure. Aye. So there's more studies needed in humans, but like all of the scientists that we spoke to, including like immunologists, because sixty percent of your immune system is housed in your gut. So when you think like everyone just thinks Mental. that taking supplements and things on top of it is going to help, but actually, when you think about your gut, is like it's the main gateway from the outside in. Mm-hmm. So. It's like what we put in it really affects us. And what we found out, we went to go and speak to um, like epigeneticists. Da, 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 da. What are they? Easy for you to say with my braces. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they talk about like genetics, because basically you can mutate your DNA through what you eat. So right. what you eat affects your kids and your grandkids. And that's what's passed down. Don't tell me that. I know. I, men well, that's rude. That's like, well, that's the thing where we like, don't shout about it too much because it could be overwhelming. Like, yeah. you just like feel, I think parents feel guilty as it is for, yeah. do you know what I mean? Just everything. I ate so I much fruit and nut while I was pregnant with my first kid. He's screwed, mate. I mean, <laughs> I mean anything, fruit and nuts anything to get you through pregnancy. <laughs> Honestly, a, it's got a lot of it. in it, right? Yeah. And nuts are really good source <laughs> of fibre. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great. So I'll just add that to my list of anxieties, guys. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but fair, dark chocolate is very good for your gut. Yeah, but Do- it's so rubbish compared to dairy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as yeah, well. You've got the fruit and nut in there, two out of three. Yeah. Two out of the three things right. in a fruit and yeah. nut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. No, no, no. Yeah, so that's. And now they're like, they are using mindfulness and yoga for the treatment of IBS and things like that. So I think it's all starting to come. Mm. The difficult thing is, is like getting the message over, like we said, without scaremongering people, mm. but also with enough urgency that it's like, guys, could we start like listening to this? Because honestly, our diets when we were growing up were shocking. Like my granny used to make us mince sandwiches, deep fried mince sandwiches. I'm like, I don't even know how I would do that. <laughs> for lunch, we gen- genuinely would have a chip roll, a Greg softy, and pick a mix every and a sausage roll for our break every single day <laughs> and ten facts yeah exactly <laughs> oh, perfect diet horrendous horrendous um, which I think and I think the problem now is people are restricting all of these things without actually needing to like because it's worked for one person on Instagram mm, and everyone's yeah. copied them like, oh I jumped on the celery don't you oh did you yeah sorry mate sorry <laughs> yeah. to, to load of nonsense burst that bubble <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and it, like yeah, it's like everything. Like the whole everyone's scared of gluten now. Actually, the percentage of people that are actually intolerant to gluten is so so small. Mm-hmm. But we all just think, and actually, a lot of the things that are in gluten free like products are worse for you than they're full the of gluten. other stuff. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and there's yeah. a difference um, between allergies and intolerances as well. And I think that, and all these. Intolerance tests will have one advice we will please do not waste your money on all of that nonsense. It, oh, there's I've no done it way, twice, yeah, <laughs> there's no way that <laughs> it's they like you're allergic know. to wine. Oh, I'll just do it again, I'll do it again. And you know, the reason that all that stuff up because it's stuff comes up, it's because it's stuff that you've eaten, yeah. So it's basically stuff that you've eaten in the past two days. They go, All oh, right, you're allergic to that because that's because it's in your bloodstream or they base it on inflammatory markers, which I don't know how that is like some warped science. If anyone has found a test that works, please do let us know. But we've got a team but, of scientists and none of them have found it. When we get ours done, we have to get like stool tests, blood tests. Like, there's so many different tests they do on us to be able to say what, like, we've just done one that. So, basically, when your blood sugar levels spike, that Mm. means it should sort of means that that can mean that that specific food is bad for you. But, like, I was spiking at bananas, and you would think that was good for you, but personally, for me, it's not. And that's like the really difficult message is when people start to learn about gut health, they're like, right, what do I need to do? And you're like, there is some obviously the top tips are like the fiber fermented foods variety variety so having as much different fruit and vegetables as you possibly can but it is so personalized like if, if Lisa and I can't be have the same diet then no one can mm-hmm. um so it's about tuning into your body and I think that we've all lost the ability to do that because unless we're hungover or yeah. we're ill we rarely just tune in and go actually how am I feeling This episode of Open Mind is brought to you by Very.co.uk. New toys have landed at Ferry. Find all the toys everyone's talking about, including Barbie, LOL dolls and Frozen. Go to Very.co.uk and shop now. Have you found that being identical twins, that that's kind of hindered or helped your mental health obviously maybe at different stages in your life or? definitely or I, think, I think we're a psychiatrist dream identical yeah, twins oh, yeah. like, literally yeah I went actually to go and start counselling again last week because I had like a I had a bit of a break and then I was just like you know you can feel it all build up again yeah. like, I'm not going to just get back and get all back Gosh, on that saddle <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah you could just see her sort of rubbing her hands when I said I was identical twin like yes minefield but I think as well like we were brought up with our cousins who are there was four of us under four so okay. it's very difficult to separate like what was because we were twins and we never wanted to work together like, and did you do you have any other siblings no no, no so it is mom, just yeah. you two my mum was like ready to have three and then we came along and she lived in like a top yeah, more no, tenement yeah, flat at 27 and she was like yeah no thank you no they are more than enough but yeah. what I hear was she used to like so there was four of us like when my cousins were there and she like top four flat she used to run up with a baby like a single baby each time and put us all in the flat one at a time I'm oh like my goodness. we all moan now about stuff eh and you're like mm-hmm. yeah yeah, but there are times where you didn't get on, or I don't know, like yeah. Well, we went to different unis, so I oh, went to uni you? in Scotland, and Lisa went, and like we didn't want to work together at all. Even at school, like we were in separate classes at primary school, at high school, we took like the complete opposite ends of. Yeah, because I know I've my godchildren are twins, and really? um, one of my one of my really good friends has got twins, and it is that thing at school where they're like, do we put them together in the same class or do we separate them? It's yeah. always like yeah. such a conundrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We it get was, so many phone calls from people that are. Like that are having twins, being like, "Hiya, my friend's friend is having twins. Could she give you a ring?" I'm like, "I have give my mum a ring, exactly. Phone <laughs> yeah. Mother Max, she yeah. knows." Um, but I think it was good for us because we had different pals. Like we were able to, and then when I moved to London, 
I think that was probably actually the start of my mental health. I mean, it was the start of my mental health mm. ones, but I think there was a bit of, I was only 17. I'd only been to London once before. Like I went to drama school, which is like the worst environment for that. Mm. And yeah, and I think probably being apart from Alana was the main, it was like separation anxiety for quite a lot of it. How did you find that you could help Lisa with? Like, oh. Just talking about it really, because I think we were very much brought up that, you know, even when dad died, like we hardly really talked about it to each other. Um, I think it's just because you don't want to ma- see the other one upset. Mm. Um, and I think Lisa didn't really want to tell me about all her mental health issues. Cause, and we were so far apart because I think she didn't want to worry me. And then when you finally told us, came home and told us one Christmas, I was like, right, this is it. You need to speak about it when you're feeling like this. Mm. And I think that, that really helped. And we have that now. But we have to sometimes, it's difficult because when you work together, it's you, you just constantly talk about work. So we always try and schedule sister time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Was she shocked stuff like that. when she first told you all? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because we didn't see we didn't see any of the symptoms. You know, when she skyped us, because that's what it was in those days. When she with skyped a us with a headset, with a headset. Um, <laughs> she was just putting on an act like everything was absolutely fine. Mm. And um, so yeah, we were super shocked. But you know, that was like God, thirteen years ago, and we were like, "What do you mean? What do you mean mental health?" And mm-hmm. what did you know? It's like it was like so difficult for her to try and explain how she felt. Which, I think did you find it hard to understand? Yeah, I think as well. Like with OCD. It's kind of a people make a joke of it so much when terms like I'm OCD about tidy and I'm OCD about this. So that's what people and I didn't actually have compulsions as part of it. So it wasn't like I was washing or having lots of things. It's so just what, like more like obsessive thoughts. No, right. no, no. It was like obsessive thoughts. So I think and it was obviously like a safety thing. So I kind of thought that I was going to be attacked at some point. So I would basically like hold myself up in the house and not leave for like six days right. when it was at its worst. Um, and was there anything that triggered that or not? It was just. Yeah, I mean, I think there was probably like, I mean, it was so irrational that mm. I don't, you can't ever, they always it's are, always art, yeah. yeah. So I don't think I would ever be able to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. But I think it was probably like a safety thing. It was because I was out of control. Like mm. I was so young and lived in a new city with no one that I knew. Um, and as well, like when I went to drama school, it was like, there was 12 of us in the class. Most other people went to boarding school. They knew how good the school, I went to Central. So people knew how good the school was and stuff. And I was just sort of like, like tiny wee fish in a massive pond like mm. just from no one in our family we were the first to go to uni like no one's really done that before where we were from so you yeah it was like and it was difficult and I think that the main thing would tell on the family I just thought they were going to force me to come home right so and I think that you put on a brave face and, and you'll be the same I think having kids oh god that must be even worse when you put on a brave face but you are actually only lying to yourself and then when it eventually comes out and as well like you don't really want people to ask you questions about it like I just remember thinking I don't really want to be asked about it especially if you don't really understand exactly it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly but I think and as well like with anxiety thing you just I think everyone has it to a great degree because like I have this thing where I have to check all the plugs in the house 20 million times before I leave mm. I'm like convinced the dog's going to jump up and put the cooker on himself and he's going to put the fire <laughs> on do you know what I mean like irrational thoughts like we all have them and I think like you do have to it's how you deal with them I yeah suppose. exactly and I think it's what you can't control what the world's going to do like I remember when dad died everyone said to us oh you'll have no more sudden deaths in your life that's it you won't get that phone because my dad died of heart attack and I was like oh. alright yeah and then I was like obviously because my whole thing was not being in control yeah. and people dying so when so dad did died I was like from that or was that before, before that before yeah so oh. when dad died I was like oh of course he has yeah. and then like three weeks ago the same thing happened to my puppy and I was like Oh my god! And then literally, I was telling my friend Michelle, when, like two Fridays ago, and we were sitting in this pub. I mean, it's comedy when you think about it. And I was saying, 
when we got a phone call about Ralph, I was like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And this pigeon literally fell out of the sky and died on the pavement, <laughs> right? And I was like, this is not happening. I was like, is this the Truman Show? I was like, what's going on? Do you feel safe around her? Yeah, yeah I, know. I was oh, like, God, I am really that. cursed. I'm like, and now, but obviously it, these things are random. And mm. But we check. But it's the way your brain goes, isn't it? So, totally. like, so now for you, it's like confirmed. You're like, right, yeah. So all those things that I thought exactly. when I was younger, like I had the same with roller coasters. I would never go on them. And I always used to say, well, what if they fall off or what if they crash? And then mm-hmm. Smiler happened. And, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah. it's happened quite a few times. And I'm like, I told you. Yeah, I told yeah, you all. Yeah, yeah. It took about yeah. 20 years, but I knew it. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, right. Yeah. And I think as well, I think that's why counselling and stuff helped because it picked, that's why that, I mean, literally when the pigeon fell on the floor, that's when I was like, okay, and we're going back to counselling. Because I was like, I know my brain will keep just. What was going wrong there. with the pigeon? Honestly, right. So my friend just came to meet us and he does like clay pigeon shooting and stuff and I was like could you tell me what happened with this pigeon please (laughs) and it was still like on the ground and he was like genuinely that's just fallen out the sky because it didn't hit a window or anything it literally had just fallen out the sky heart attack had a heart attack and fell out the sky I was like okay but yeah so totally random but I'm like picked up the phone Rang the therapist. Yeah, and was like, yeah. I need to come back. If anyone wants the opening scene of a sitcom, you can have it. Just give me ten percent royalties. <laughs> <laughs> what made you then go into the priory? What point? So I, mum and dad, for some reason, had private healthcare. They both worked for like Standard Life Insurance, so I think as part of that, they right. got it. And yeah, I remember going to my doctor and just being like, hey, I haven't left the house for quite some time. Mm. And uh, yeah, as well, I had a thing like body dysmorphia with my arms. So I hadn't had my arms out for a year and a half. And you don't realise until someone sits you down and goes, hey, uh, and I mean, my arms were absolutely fine. Of course yeah. they were. Um, but I Our just, dad used to say, "What when she used to come home for Christmas and that, what have you come dressed as? I'd just <laughs> be like, all covered all up. Layers. Yeah, <laughs> all these layers. Um, yeah. And then when I went, I was an outpatient at the Priory, but it was amazing. I was only there for like a couple of months. Mm. Um, so you I was just, just go once a week. Yeah. And I think when you're there, you get quite a lot of perspective on like a lot of the other people that had OCD were inpatients and, and they were there getting a lot of group therapy and mm. stuff. And I think it was actually good for me to see that although I felt like my symptoms were very extreme, which of course they were in the na- the grand scheme of things, like it was quite good for me to see that actually there was a lot of people here my age that needed help as well. Like, and a lot mm. of people there were the same age as me in their twenties. Yeah, like, that's early what 20s I said. Yeah. OCD and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yay! Do you think you're going to go in there and it's going to be like, like loads of people with really extreme things? Or because I think the Pride as well is kind of like glamorized a bit. Oh, like, totally. Yeah, it's like the one everyone knows about. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like, oh, you've been in the Pride. Cool. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, <laughs> like it's a retreat. Yeah, yeah you're exactly. like a celeb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think when I got there, I was like, oh, it's actually quite normal. And then there's a guy called Dr. David Veal there who like, is specialist in OCD, and he did like my first thing. And I actually think one of the things that helped me was seeing it all written out in a really clinical way. That's exactly the same thing as I always say. Once yeah. they'd explained to me in a medical way mm-hmm. what was happening to my body with my anxiety and with my depression, I was like, oh, okay, so I'm not crazy. I mean, I am. Yeah. But like, there it's is a, a reason, thing. Yeah, yeah, rather than just feeling completely out of control. And then I was like, okay, I can kind of understand it yeah. all now. Yeah, and that's so interesting you say it because I'm exactly the yeah. Same. And it, you, it helps you sort of dissociate yourself with it because it's like you obviously react with, in a mm. really emotional way to it. And I think like just all got a bit when you put it in that context, like when I went to go and see the council last week, I was like, so my dad died and then my dog died and I run my own business and we're about to close an investment round and it's all. And she was like, this is all really stressful things like that's like all of these things in quick succession is not not, like that's like difficult things to go through and I was like 
oh yeah, so is. Oh, <laughs> got me. Um, and is that a new therapist person, then? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You don't have one that you stick with? Well, I did, but yeah, she went away on sabbatical. Oh, what well, <laughs> I know. I was like, hello, can I come back? Can I call you? Are you having fun? Um, can I watch that video? Yeah, yeah exactly. Skype, Skype, no? But sometimes I think it's quite good to, although Change. I went to one once and she was like yeah she was just too I mean it depends what like I quite like someone that's quite emotionally driven like more like a psychiatrist and a psychotherapist who's going to like sort of when they say back to you oh well that's very whatever like the names of stuff I quite like to be able like feel comfortable and talk about things no it's gone (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) I didn't want you to say something good okay (laughs) but I think as well everyone should go to therapy or counselling as just as standard yeah I you know what it's funny because it's so we've always said oh it's so American like mm-hmm. I remember like back in the oh the Americans you know it's like a joke isn't yeah. it oh my I'll therapist my shrink. says yeah my, my shrink, shrink. Yeah. and like I think they kind of have a good thing going because it is true like everyone as you say everyone suffers in their own mm-hmm. little way a little bit and it, it is so like you can have these thoughts in your head for so long and then you go and say it out loud and you're like yeah, that's really quite stupid. I've been telling yeah. myself that for months. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, and you just say it out loud to go, yep, so that doesn't really make a huge amount of sense. Yeah. And you're like, and the thing is, though, and as well, like you, Alana's like, yeah, I don't need that, blah, blah. The explosions that she has. <laughs> I'm like, eh, like when dad died, Alana was like, I just completely pretended it wasn't happening for like a year and just right. like, Smoked one million cigarettes and didn't speak to anyone and played Candy Crush for a year. Perfect. Um, yeah. You know I was like, this is how life. I'm dealing. I used to go to DJ sets and just remember thinking, this is not real life. Like, what, why are you all being happy? Stop yeah. being happy. And then Alana was like, fine, 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 fine. Organized all the funeral, like, amazing. And then one night, she just literally exploded like Bride of Chucky Rough. and like red wine everywhere. Mm-hmm. Sick red wine, phoning everyone, like, Rah! and I was like, Rough. just anger, pure it was, anger. It was like, you've, you've puked. A puke at the time. Puked, yeah, I, I, got like, I got really drunk. Oh, right. Um, and then it just all came out. I look quite literally like the bride of Chucky. Really? <laughs> just And just like pure anger at the world. Mm-hmm. Absolute anger. And is that um, how you deal with things in general? Yeah, probably. Of? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Quite extreme. And I remember like I got married like two years after dad died. And I just remember sometimes just being so angry. Like, when we used to go to weddings and their dad was walking them down the aisle and I would be furious. Mm-hmm. Like, actually furious. And then, like, my husband would just say, like, do you want to stop, lay off the drink? Because then I'd just be like... Okay, so I think that's just my way of doing it. I definitely do need to go to counselling. Like, for... I think I'm in your camp, like, I think everyone should go and talk mm. through things. But I think um, anyone who's lost a parent... Yeah. I mean, I, I'd say you should probably yeah. give it a go. Yeah, yeah I should go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, will, I, will, I will do it one day. Just make I'll sure they're not going to go on sabbatical. about not going? Yeah. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I think it's. I think I'm scared to go. You're scared to kind of open Unra- the box. Yeah. yeah. And unravel it all. Um, and it's weird. But yeah, like, look, Alana's to... husband is really open about everything like that. Like he, he speaks about it loads. And, and yeah. yeah, he suffers bad with anxiety. So does he um, see a therapist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He loves it. He gets excited to go. <laughs> he absolutely loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Um, and then he'll come home and tell me everything that's happened and it really genuinely does help him. So you're surrounded um, by I know, people yeah. that are close to you that do it. I know. Yeah, yeah. You refu- right, I know. This is- I know. I it's interesting to- as well, like the alcohol thing, because yeah. I've noticed like when I, it, like when obviously like alcohol 
red wine good for your gut by the way uh, well it's not oh, it's I have polyphenols yeah, yeah exactly that's, that's my actually in fact yeah it's meant to be a, a medicinal glass not uh, yeah, <laughs> three bottles. bottles yeah but I've noticed that there is things there's so many different things that play a part like caffeine hmm. and alcohol like, we are just like our moods are so artificial now we bit like caffeine to bring you up alcohol to bring you down I just think we stopped it for a month um, what, my, alcohol and caffeine? Or, well, or and everything. fun, everything. We basically Anything had, fun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had to oh. go on this gut makeover thing and uh, for like a month. And we had like, it wasn't, you weren't allowed sugar, grains, like literally anything. I was actually dating this architect at the time. We were talking to this and Luke was like, you do know he's beige? And I was like, no, he's not. It's great. And then when I started drinking again, I was like, oh yeah, maybe he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bless him. Um, he's married now for babies. At the time of his life. Um, he's happy. Someone else can have him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I realised like actually how, like I was getting up at six in the morning and being like, yay. And just like sort of, I realised how much alcohol and caffeine was really affecting my moods. Mm. Um, that's why like, as well, like it really helps with the gut stuff side of it like knowing the science behind anxiety I think really helps yeah well it helps me a lot with it because you know if you've been drinking you wake up with more than that pure fear I've like, never had that oh really not? oh my no. god lucky you mate you are lucky I don't but think that, I drink enough well exactly I come on a night out was no, exactly <laughs> oh no no, no but that's the thing you. like and that's the like knowing the science behind that I'm like that's why I'm feeling anxious I actually didn't do anything terrible last night it's scientifically why I'm feeling anxious and I just need to drink more water. Um, <laughs> I also think yeah. like with the nutrition part of mental health, like it's something that, another thing that's within our control. So like obviously with mental health, and if you're going to see someone, you'll be given tools to try and help you to deal with it, particularly with CBT. But like nutrition is something that we can all control. Like we control as much as we don't think we do what we put in our bodies and what we don't. And I think that's actually a really empowering thing. Like, yeah, it can be really scary and confusing when people say, that's got artificial things in it or whatever, mm. or that's over-processed. But actually, it's really cool that we, we've we got access to what, any food that we want. So cool, man. Do that. <laughs> it's really rare. <laughs> <laughs> so cool, man. So cool, man. I do think, though, sometimes for me, it's having that control rather than like, so I started doing some intermittent fasting and I was like, oh, I feel great. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't know if it is actually the fasting that's making me feel good or it's the fact that I just feel like I've taken some sense of control instead of just every time I feel shit going to the cupboard and eating a bit of chocolate that's not going to make me feel any better. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, I love weird. fasting. It makes me feel better. Really? Yeah. Um, I was going to ask your opinion on yeah. fasting. Yeah. Um, I fast all, a lot of the time. And there's a lot of science back in that fasting is actually good. But again, but they don't have science has been done on mice, mice. and they don't have long, the long term effects of it. So Mm. especially with women, they're now starting to find that fasting affects our hormones. Um, So basically, if you've got like thyroid thyroid issues as well, you should probably like avoid fasting. But for some reason, like for some people, if you do it and it makes you feel good, go for gold. Like there's no, I think a lot of the studies have been done around fasting and weight loss which can be quite misleading because obviously if you're eating within a smaller time frame, you're probably going to eat less, so you're going to lose weight. Yeah. So it's difficult. Although I did it for three weeks, so I lost no weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was raging. I was like, lose, mate. I was I like, I've not even lose. lost half a pound. <laughs> How do you not even lose half? A- I was raging. Then I was like, right, great, I'm not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Um, I, what would be your like takeaway tip for maybe for you on how mm. to deal with someone with mental health and then for you mm-hmm. for helping your mental health I think thinking about it scientifically you know and just conversation I think mm-hmm. opening up the conversation and just being there for someone really and talking about it and not thinking I think I think you have to if you're experiencing it with someone I think you're the one that has to bring up the conversation yeah um, and I think it's so important to do that just checking in and asking how you're how 
they're feeling really. Mm-hmm. I think obviously like mine's the same as everyone else's like go and get help if you think that you need it and if that's not maybe for you then make sure you're scheduling time to sit down and think about where you're at and and all that sort of thing. I just think we never do that and we don't and if you don't want to go and speak to a professional about it then find someone like a twin sister <laughs> <laughs> to, um, to talk about it too because it's important and, and also just read up on everything that yeah. you can. It's very difficult, obviously, when you're in the... It's difficult. Like I wish I could give advice when I'm in the thick of it. Yeah, like, you, and do you know you what can, I mean? Can, and you can't. Yeah. So it's difficult. It's always good or fine to in give hindsight. advice in retrospect, but that might, might not be the advice that I would give if I was in mm. full swing. But for now, that would be it. It's like, go and seek help because mm. there's loads more out there than there was even five years ago. Oh, well, thanks. I mean, gut health for me has been like my new journey. So I was really excited to talk to you guys. I mean, you said a lot of words that I didn't understand. And you told me a lot of foods that I'm supposed to eat that all sound disgusting. But I will try and give it a go. And my takeaway from this is go see a therapist. Yes, I will. I will. I'll report back in a couple of weeks. Thanks, girls. Thanks. This episode of Open Mind, the podcast, was sponsored by very.co.uk.